Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The final Take-Two episode for January, not the year. Don't get worried. We made it through a whole first month. I hope you're keeping to all of your goals, your strivings to be a better person, but... Science says that most of you have quit by now. So anyhow, I hope your goal was to listen to us at least. I think we're closer to Groundhog Day. That's a big day. Groundhog Day is big. There's still winter, no matter what the groundhog says. I'm I'm living for Punxsutawney Phil to tell me how much of this we have to put up with. All right, that's Greg Hughes here joining us in house. Mara Carabello and (laughs) Heidi Hatch. Thanks for being here. Um, yes, that is coming, but I have a feeling that winter is going to be a long, hard one this year, and we're just going to have to stick with it and be so excited to shower. I, I just missed the drought. Yeah. I missed the drought. I'm I just want drought. I know. I just basement. like the dry. I like dry. I like Have warm. you pumped anymore this week? Or? No, no, no pumping out the water under my house. I have an aquifer. If you need water, if you think there's a drought, come to my house or my road. We have as much water as you need. You should but, bottle uh, and sell it. I, I do really want to drink it and see it's what it tastes clear. like. I actually is thought it? it was a main, water main break because the water was perfectly clear, and I thought... But it was actually, it's... They it's, have testing kits. Spring, you want us to get water. you a testing kit? Yeah. I'd I would one. like to try it because my tap water is tasting very chlorinated lately. Mm. So I'd like something oh, no, this that doesn't clear spring Hughes water. Hughes Natural Spring Water. Yep. <laughs> Hughes Natural Spring you Water. You bottle that. From, my home, from <laughs> under my basement. It's beautiful. Straight from Draper, Utah. Yes. Well, guys, I think most bottled water from a spring is really just out of a tap anyway. So yours might be the most... I think it will yeah. be. You'd be shocked at how clear and beautiful it looks. It's, okay. it's, you have, it's actually you have embraced evil. This. Look at you. It's evil, but it's You've embraced it, looks, it. It's, it tricks you. It looks really uh, good. Speaking of getting tricked, are there any tricks going on at Utah's Capitol Hill? Ten days in, or is this the eleventh day? Tricks that makes me want to point out that they passed the Halloween ball, bill, which I think is a sign of the times. Oh, I hate that I, bill. I think I, it's so dumb. But so Senator Cullimore. Who I like. It's so weird. It's so weird. And the fact that they passed it in the first 10 days as though it's a meaningful piece of legislation. That, correct me. I think it's out of the Senate, but maybe not out yeah, of the House. Don't is. Republicans want less government in our lives? So do we really want like the government you, telling us when we can have thing, fun and when is, we can't? This is, this is just so typical, though, of the times we live in. Well, our kids are now so soft. Yes. We, heaven forbid we have a Halloween night on a weekend. You and I are oh my gosh. in it's, lockstep let's, here. These poor children, how are they going to survive? How did we survive on having these random days that Halloween fell on? If it's a Sunday, we already know the program. Yeah. Do it Saturday, you're fine. We don't have any problems. There's nothing wrong here. Well, we get the, the, To act like these kids can't handle a Halloween night. On a weekday. I think they're more worried maybe about their teachers, but teachers used to handle it too. No, so here's my, okay, so I started candy cigarettes you're smoking in class the next day anymore. Trunk or treat started this, right? This was the first sign that our kids were so lazy they couldn't make around a block. (laughs) I hate trunk or treats. I hate hate trunk or treats. Go get your candy. So then, I mean, seriously, this is a sign of the times. And now we're like, no, we can't do this. So here are my questions. My questions are so if the, if, if the, what they're offering is that the next day the little kids are too tired and maxed out from school. Yeah. Don't we have to get rid of every Monday holiday too? 
because aren't we all juiced up from those right. heavy days that we do on President's <laughs> Day? So, like, yep. and, and just, like, the fact that you don't have enough control over your kids to get them. I hate everything about this. I do, too. I hate the fact that it's not tied to all the many traditions that Halloween has. And kids don't trick-or-treat till midnight. It well, gets dark to you. They Go can mostly. handle it. Yeah. I mean, the kids that are out there robbing your supply <laughs> at 1030, they can handle an early morning. It's fine. It is. Yeah. And it, Look, and I just always wonder, why is this the moment in time where you can interrupt however long Halloween's been going on? We're just going to go ahead and change it now. We're gonna, I, I can't stand the, the traditions and these things happen. Someone could just say, okay, we're just going to end that now. So I know I we're having an agreeable moment, but I know. I'm also shocked weird. by this being proffered by Republicans. I know. What I was actually... Heck? I was actually was shocked by the Baltimore district that was super upset about it? I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I, I know... Uh, I quite like Senator Cullimore. I think he's he's great, and uh, I was really surprised to see that he was a sponsor of this. Yeah, he, I was too. Because he's got he's a busy guy. He's got a lot of serious I mean, policies. This is kind so of a nothing burger. Yeah. And then what you're going to do is some are going to do something, some are going to do another. Yeah, I don't get it. And I really hate to even in Utah. You said you know if it's on Sunday, we do it on Saturday. Why do we have to do that? Because even if you're religious and you're like, we want to keep the Sabbath day holy. What's more holy than dressing up cool as sexy, whatever, and, and knocking on your neighbor's door and talking to someone that you don't right. see at church yeah. or that you don't normally talk to? Find out who your neighbors are. Be and the kind next day is All Saints Day. I mean, there's nothing but goodness <laughs> going on. You know, you, this amazing. wouldn't fly in all states. I this this issue. If you did this in Pittsburgh, where I grew up. You would have every guy with like a like a heater stove or something with a beer, and, and they, it would just be this big opportunity to just drink and hand out candy all night long. It mm-hmm. would because it'd be a Friday night activity. It would just it would just <laughs> it, it would have yeah. it would take on a whole new life form that you're not even thinking about. I'm telling you, I think people states. are going to ignore it, but I hope so. There are a couple of things people have not ignored. Um, we have a couple of things that have. We were talking about last week how organized they were going in, and organized they were. Yes, uh, they have passed. Um, the Utah Fits All Scholarship that many people know is the school voucher bill. Along with that comes the raise for teachers. So that is headed to the governor's desk. He signaled mm-hmm. at this point that he's not going to veto it. Do we believe he'll be true to, true to his word? I haven't heard anything in the... He w- he'll sign it. He'll sign it. This deal was made a long time ago. Yep. And and it's all politics. Um, this is another Kirk Colmore bill, bless his heart. Uh, this one I like. He, this one's one you should dispense your capital And, you know, he's even been very clear about the fact that sort of the normal markings of policy, it doesn't have some. It joins two major issues. Um, The justification for that is that it is a brokered bill, and in fact, it's intentionally politicking. And um, the other thing that's interesting is how the opponents seem to be a one step behind. You see the Board of Education vote, but they vote even after it's passed out of the the house. Um, You see UAA threatening, but it's all post-fact. So Mm -hmm. um, it, it hasn't been... The opponents and maybe some citizens don't seem to have paced very well with this issue. Uh, and it does look like there's no way Cox, I mean, this is all predicated on an agreement. Yeah. Clearly that the executive and legislative branches made many months ago. Yeah. And I, and I again, hats off to legislative leaders and the body. I mean, and, and look, and you get 54 votes and you get two thirds majority in the House and the Senate, which I believe is the first time a school choice bill in America has received a two thirds majority in a legislative body. Let alone both of ours. I, I you, there was there was I know there were there were intense negotiations even the day before the bill hit the floor in the house. There was more accountability provisions that that needed to be put into that bill for some people to get more comfortable with it. And I, if you were to look at that session, I would tell you that 
maybe that day they ran it was the day they hit their 54, that if they went waited for the weekend, it might not have been that same two-thirds. But I, I'm, I'm telling you, I think I've heard complaints that Bill's sitting, you know, they, they get dropped at the end of a session or there's not enough time. This one was out to get – you can't say this bill uh, was uh, was hidden or that it didn't – it dropped too late in the session that for anyone to get their heads around it. It was talked about, uh, I think, a lot before the session started. I know a lot of lawmakers in their town hall meetings talked about a school choice bill that was coming. And uh, it, you can't say it, it was uh, dropped any in an untimely way. But I wouldn't confuse the two-thirds majority, and I wouldn't confuse – the um, masterful way that it flew through the House and Senate, I wouldn't confuse that with public support. I don't know that the constituents have fully checked in on it. The polling we see shows it's a little soft, and someone else will have to fight that battle. But they're also showing more and more evidence that the two scholarship, I say generously, uh, funds that we already have aren't being used. They're... um, there, there, I mean, there's some major not, flaws that, yeah. in policy that in which you're holding one section hostage to another. It wouldn't pass for referendum, right? You couldn't, you couldn't do a referendum no. on both that sides. Was, I, and for listeners, I think that's a critical component. Why was the two thirds uh, critical? It wasn't necessarily for the veto-proof majority to try and over to compel the governor to sign it. I think his support no, was, was found early. Yeah. Uh, was was there early on? It's that. If if the uh, the National Education Association, the National Teachers Union, dropped six million dollars back in two thousand on the behest of the locals of whatever it was uh, in twenty twenty four, if you had this as a referendum, a ballot measure, you would see I would say tens of millions of dollars that would be put into that election, and it would it would change the I think the narrative of that election. I think anybody that wants to run in twenty four would not want this on the ballot. Uh, as a as a as a referendum, and so I think that's why the two thirds. Because if it gets two thirds majority, it's not subject to a referendum. Yeah, so and that's why that but was. But so I, I want to walk out for a second. Referendums are to repeal existing laws, and they have to take place in direct response to a law within forty five days. The way that the generous legislature has given um, opposing oppositional points and and citizens forty five days to remedy something. What it would still be subject to, and if I were advising people who are really upset about that, then they should look at an initiative. An initiative is an entirely new law that yes. could be uh, in the 2024 ballot and could take away a section or they could devise it in any way they want. And it could still be subject to initiative, even though it did pass the body. And that is true. But it, but to get an affirmative vote for a, 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 a an authored law and, and, and getting support for that is very different than repealing what would be described yeah. as a bad law. So I think even the premise of what those two ballot questions would be the referendum is an easier one to get to repeal a law versus to support oh, a law that's that's drafted no i don't know if i agree with i don't that. want to tempt you so i'm, I'm going to stop talking I, right now i, do I, love I don't want to taunt initiative. you on this i know you know this space too well i'm done <laughs> but talking. yeah You're but, right. i mean it was amazing gameplay and politic yes i'll be interested to see what happens next also um some movement today um with one of the transgender bills now headed to the governor's desk and Interestingly enough, uh, this is one that was offered up by Senator Mike Kennedy, who's a doctor from Alpine. After it finally went through the House, there were some changes there that he now says, even though this is his bill, that it may have been changed enough that it could be facing the possibility of um, lawsuits. So this heads to the governor's desk, and uh, this bill, I always forget the numbers on this one, I should look. This is Senate Bill 16. And uh, just passed this morning, this is the Utah Senate um, giving final approval to a bill regulating medical treatment for transgender youth, sending the measure again to the governor. And there's a lot of questions in this. Greg, do you think this is something that the governor is going to sign 
he, I think it was a couple of years ago, had a news conference where he was pretty emotional talking about saving the lives of transgender students and yeah. making sure that they felt seen. And so I'm wondering if we feel like he's maybe changed from that stance and he's going to sign this or if this is, you know, a done deal as well and we're going to go for it. So I, I think that the, if you listen to the debate and the discussion here, there's, I think there's been a lot of attention put to what the court challenges would ultimately look like and what you can, what will stand, uh, what would stand a court challenge versus what might be more vulnerable. That's why there's some things that are banned in, in Senator Kennedy's bill. So and transgender some, surgeries would be included in that. And then yeah. there's some that are that they describe more as a pause or a more, uh, what do they call it, a moratorium. moratorium. Yeah, but they took a, I mean, that was part of the amendment problem, right? Yeah. That they put in or did they, that they took, took out? out. It, 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 it originally, I think it's part of why Senator Kennedy is concerned, is there's lots of legal precedents on bans. So it was artfully crafted in the first round in which oh, it was see. sort I of did, a, a moratorium that. or a short period of study time, well, when, and it appears as though that when might did they be amend it because they didn't they didn't want to send anything back to the to the house to yeah they don't have concur. a record they don't they yeah didn't, they so house lawmakers they, they removed amended. the sunset date yeah. on the moratorium for the new hormone treatments and they made it easier for medical providers to be sued for malpractice for transgender um and therefore it could doing. be seen yeah. as a ban and i mean i appreciate the coquettishness of Senator Kennedy saying it might be. What we do know is that their legal counsel actually indicated there might be several areas in which of unconstitutionality. One was what Greg was just talking about, which the first round had it as a moratorium. When you move to a ban, you have legal precedent now in the courts that bans are not. Federal courts have blocked similar measures. The other one is that because Utah allows breast reduction augmentation and parts of sex change for... um, non-trans mm-hmm. kids, that there there is a potential conflict there with what is clearly seen as then targeting an identity or a gender, which would pass. Uh, Alabama passed two of these civil, civil measures, and they were both banned, and they were both overturned by federal systems. Here's the thing. This, this happens in the legislature too often. Sometimes people think, per, well, not think, perfect becomes the enemy of good. Some people, the most ideal version of a law that they think would be great it ends up being the enemy of something that would good that you could pass that could actually withstand legal, you know, challenge and all those things. And so you have to be sensitive of that when you're going through the process. Really get something that you think is uh, strong. It had different. It had different layers. It had different ways to do it. Those amendments, especially if it has to go back to the House, is just. Uh, uh, but Greg, I, this was bad. beyond the amendments. This was within the original bill. There were several constitutional notes, which I just think indicate the targeted nature of and mean-spirited bias of this bill. So I is mean, the governor going to sign it? I was trying yeah, not he's to indicated re, re he would. debate this he's, bill with you. But. He's indi- I mean, this is one of the worst... I am so I it's I get uh, angry a lot. I tend to not get sensitive and tender a lot. This bill is makes me so sad, and all of the it's mis- it makes it's me so sad. Your, your sadness but is misplaced. This not. isn't where you should feel sad. It's not. You're targeting really children. Isn't. No, it's not. And interestingly enough, your way you're taking parental rights, and you don't think a doctor and a parent. It's it's insane. Kay. But what's interesting is I does appear at least. So in response, my understanding is the governor's office today has said we're looking at the amendments. Prior to this, the governor's office has indicated, though, pretty clearly that they intended to sign this. So maybe the amendments will change. Maybe, who knows? I was going to say, but I got off track, is that I don't think the governor's sentiments on this topic has ever changed. I I think he got comfortable with where there were moratoriums, where there were bans, how this would move forward. There was a real emphasis on let's understand more, let's let's get more information, uh, because a lot of these things are irreversible. What, what, What 
children yeah, would go through. Again, and I find nothing wrong why do you or think it's okay for a process. 17 year old girl who wants a breast reduction, but you don't think because she wants to look more appealing yeah, would, to I the kids in her high school? I've, why I've is never, that different? Well, that's, that's a forever Mara, thing. That is that is different. I have never heard anyone when a child is still growing, whether it be dental, whether it be their jaw, whether it be any part of their body, before they're done growing. I've never heard of, of doctors that want to interrupt that and do breast augmentation or do any other kind of it's cosmetic surgery. It's allowed under state law, and you it don't allowed, want it to be allowed for trans kids. What doctor have you met that kids? would ever let a growing child it's have anything augmented when they're not growing? It's not your business at the end of the day. I'm, I'm shocked the conservative Republicans are saying, you know what? We 104 this, lay legislators we should know more than doctors and parents conversion therapy just, the other way around. We, we said that's not something parents are going to put their kids through. The fact that you think government should be the arbiter instead of parents and the medical community, I just find astonishing. I, it's like against every principle I've been listening to years. And it is such blatant fear and phobia. I just, no, it's, it's, it's astonishing you gotta get, to me. You've got to get more information on this, what you're doing with these kids while they're minors. You these have surgeries to, you have, have been going on for years. And who needs more information? Our parents and the medical community. Who doesn't need more when, information when you, I'll is tell you, the state. I'll tell you what's going to happen here. It, it doesn't take a lot to do it. When, when these kids whose parents decided this is okay and the doctors that you're talking about when they don't want this anymore, when they regret that it happened and whatever emotional baggage is carried that way going forward, then we're going to have a new conversation around here about why was it that we didn't let these kids grow to the age of 18 where they could be self-determining adults and then make life-changing, life-altering, permanent-altering decisions. So, why can't you wait till these kids are adults? You're projecting. I mean, everything we do about kids, we, we, this is a tough time for all children in their lives. Is, was middle school easy until this issue came up? I, I, thought, I thought we were having a lot of problems with kids in terms of their adolescence and everything that's going on in their lives. Why wouldn't we wait till kids become adults to make permanent decisions in their lives like this? It will, it will absolutely come to a point where people, where these procedures were done, there's going to be some, there's going to be some remorse here, and we're going to have to deal with that. So well, you're projecting on kids and families something that you have no area of expertise on, and you're projecting what may happen in the future. Let me tell you currently what the conversations are having with those same kids. They're having conversations about how we could have prevented their suicide. They're having conversations about how so the family no can live without a child. So when this is child. over, we're done with that but topic. It's, it's over then, right? it's not the state's choice, Greg. It's not the state's choice. You hear someone say, my child's been doing this for four months and they're fine. That's 120 days in the child, in that entire child's life. I'm sorry if I but don't feel like that's a decision. Why is your expertise decision. better than these parents? I'm saying that it, this, isn't, this isn't my opinion. This is the, this is, I mean, we have not given children... This ability to change, we want them to be adults to make sexual decisions but like this. But don't you think that's, it. that's, that all that's we're talking about. yours and your wife's decision if, to make? If what you are saying is true, there would not be a Department of Child and Family Services where, sadly, some decisions are made inside homes that aren't for the best of these children. But and so we have to protect kids. You're talking about to. how they, in many instances, how they this live. Topic. <laughs> I, I, mean, I didn't even want to go here, but did she start going here? And I was like, okay, now I looked at the flag. I'm like, am here we go. Here we go. We have to debate this now. The next time you start coming, complaining about what the government does, I'm going to remind you of if the you, overreach you feel on issues that you children, feel morally superior pause. on. All right, well, if, we're if I feel keep like talking. I've gotten over my skis 
and I'm not looking to protect kids anymore, just remind me and I'll say, oh, okay. Oh, ain't nobody protecting kids here. Absolutely This is it so is. government 100%. morality overreach. You All right, we're going to talk about another way to protect children and take away parental rights right now. Are we ready for it? <laughs> we're ready. All right, so. Um, <laughs> we did this last week, by the way. I know. So this is something we teased last week we're going to talk about. But social media and our kids, um, in the last week, both Congress and the state have been addressing the issue. Congressman Chris Stewart was in here sitting down with me introducing a bill that he has um, that he's introducing nationally that would make social media illegal for kids to use under the age of 16. It would come with some caveats of if you've got a 13-year-old and they've already got, you know, Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever they're using, they're not going to take it away. But they would make it so that you had to be 16 in the future to have that. The concept of this um, is all mental health. Uh, Chris Stewart is now, I think, sitting on the Mental Health Advisory Board or Committee, whatever they call it now. Uh, he worked to get the 988 number for suicide um, nationally passed. Now he says they're trying to focus on why the rates of children and teens is so high with suicides. And when you look at the statistics, um, Basically, from about 2010, 11, 12-ish to now, it just is a straight-up line, basically, just going from uh, kids who have anxiety, depression, suicide. Now, can we blame it all on our phones? Probably not, but there's definitely reason to think that it could be a problem. So, Mara, I'll let you go first on this. Uh, Is this a concept that's a good idea, or is this just another way for government to tell parents had a parent. So I want to be as messy about this as I feel. All right. I feel like this is like half a dozen and six because I really admire, I, I think many of us are have come to believe that this there is a, a correlation, right? Yeah. I think that there's something there. Um, but then I get mixed in looking at bills like this. So I, I asked my teenager I, about this bill. I said, hey, and I mean, mockery and scoff is what I got. And this is a kid who has limits put on. She doesn't, I mean, you know, she's healthy about this, but she was just like, well, that's stupid. It won't. She sort of was overt about the mockery of how unenforceable, sort of um, ineffective that it will be. But my half a dozen and six is like, but don't we have to do this to have another conversation? So I sort of am very in tune with what I'm projecting to be Chris Stewart's intent. Mm -hmm. And I'm totally down with the intent. And I think we're trying to figure out what the the path is. Um, I do think we need to take a page from cigarettes in which the banning wasn't as effective as the constant social education in which it made it less appealing in a social network and it made it more appealing to sort of ask people to step out if they were smoking. So how do we all find a whole new language that says we don't use phones here or I don't know what? So I appreciate his intent and I do think we're seeing more and more evidence of actual harm, not just anecdotal harm. But I still have this question about, do I think this there's much efficacy in the bill? Uh, no. But, uh, but I'm having a hard time just totally mocking it, although I think from a legislative point of view, I just think there's, there is not, a, at probably at this point, a 12-year-old and up who could just end around this. So I don't yeah. think it'll actually do anything, but the intent I'm kind of down The with. interesting thing is I'm a little torn on this thinking about it too, because I don't like the government to tell me what to right. do. But in some ways, how nice would it be to have the government be the bad guy when you're telling your kids? Because I think some ways parents don't want to tell their kids, no, you can't have a phone or you can't yeah. social media till this age. And then if you don't do it, then 
it's, you can be like, sorry, it's against the law. And then it sort of might become a norm around kids, you know, and parents could still, I mean, there's, there's rules already. You can't go on Facebook or Instagram. I think do you have to be 14? I forget well, what the age is. But that's is. what she pointed out. She was like, my daughter was like, oh, yeah, these are already in place. And I said, what do you do? And then she You'd laughed. have to have a birth she certificate joking, or no, a driver's she license. She jokingly looked at me and said, mom, I've been born in 2000 for a long time. For now. a long time. And uh. For the record, she was born in 2004. And again, <laughs> this is high communication, kid. But I'm just saying every kid is doing it. She was just like, how hard is it to tell people I'm 18? I mean, this is yeah. all online. So her point was... In real life, this doesn't change anything. Even for, I'm going to say good kids. I mean that colloquially. um, Obedient or, you know, kids who are engaged. But I am sensitive to, like, we got to start somewhere and maybe this is it. This, for me, is part of an ongoing conversation that we've had that I've liked, which is, what do we do with technology? What do we do with these public forums? How do you turn back the hands of time? What do we do with all of these? Are they, are they public forums? Are they the town square? Are they privately held companies? Are they like, what are we doing with all of this? Let's not kid ourselves either. Apps know how old our kids are. They know everything about this. Like you don't have to give them a driver's license or a birth certificate. They know when you sleep, when you go to the bathroom, what you eat, what you're buying at the store. They know how old you are. So that's where I was going to go. I look, I I don't need a study to tell me that, that social media is harming society generally. And it's not just kids. And I, and I can see it, smell it, hear it, feel it. I know it. And there's not you've a study about it. You there's put not it on a, your there's not a study out there or that I need to read to change to let me know what's going on around me. I can see it, and I'm a and I'm part part of the problem. I'll just tell you, I stare at this phone way we too are. much or my iPad way too much. I know what's going on. I can take a glimpse and look at my home and see us all staring at our devices instead of engaging. So, but do you get so, that Sunday update of how many hours you've yeah, been on your I'm phone? Yeah, I'm not even going to tell you how many hours it tells me I'm on there. But so I'm I'm admitting that I'm part of that problem. But I I know that's a problem. I, I, I think that bringing this issue up is, is good, but I, I don't think what Congressman Stewart is trying to do here is enforceable. And if it's not enforceable, then I don't think we're getting to the root of the problem. What I do think is these social media companies domicile in the United States because they have broad legal protections against liability, against a- any harm that would That's come from them. That's what this bill, I think, would do. It would yeah. make it so that yeah. if your kids did use it and you didn't want them to, you could go back and sue them and say, right. what you've done is harm my children. You made them take their own life. You made them do whatever it was. And you could uh, say, sorry, this was the drug and, that and killed I, and them. And I appreciate that. But I, again, if you can't, if you're not having a, an effective way to enforce it, I don't know when you can reign. This is what I think ought to happen, is that they are no longer a platform, in my opinion. They said, look, under freedom of speech, because we don't produce anything. All we are is a platform for people to We are the here. product. We are the product. So please don't hold us liable for any of it. There is, there are two, the algorithms are too good. The, the, the way to, to omit things right. or to include things or to whatever they want, they can absolutely make sure that harmful things or things that, that distract, they know what they're doing, A, and B, we could hold them liable for this. And all you have to do is get this ridiculous exemption they have uh, where because they're a platform, they have no responsibility at all, but at the same time, they can still censor anything they want or adjust their algorithm to, to for you know people that use it to see what they want them to see. They can and should be held liable for the harm that's going on, and the nanosecond that happens – you would see a very different, our social media would begin to look very different than it does today. But I'm going to continue to agree with you. And you and I, Greg, have talked about this offline. The other thing that would be a good notion for Americans to insert 
into their politics is also personal responsibility. Correct. And, and we tend to move too much to law, litigation, and external sources. And I, that is where I go for an, a campaign that says, let's also have some social pressure on saying to each other, yeah, but you're making some choices. Yeah. Then you chose to say those kinds of things and you chose to use it and let's collectively choose to not and how do we do but that? To your earlier uh, example of tobacco, you know, they got the cartoons out, the Camel yeah. Joe cartoons out. They, there was a lot of, uh, of marketing that was yeah. going towards Targeted, teens. Yeah. And they, they recognized it as that and so they were that was taken out as well. I think there's a lot of that going on in social media of who it targets or what it what it's meant to draw your eyes to. Uh, that is meant to to draw the eyes of young people, and so I just think there's a there's a way to quantify it, and there's a way to say you're not you're not your hands aren't clean. You there has to be some responsibility there. But I agree with you, Mara, that you know we all at the end of the day have to be responsible for our our decision making, and 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 there has to be personal accountability yeah. for sure. My son's Christmas list. He's 17. Everything that he wanted was something that he was influenced for on Instagram. Jim Shark shorts or this kind of protein or whatever, and yeah. It's and the we all shoes I'm wearing it. showed Craig's up on Facebook. And now wardrobe I'm yeah. is, everything is, is everything comes from social media. I look at it and I just hit buy. And it's everything I'm wearing. Actually, not the jacket, but the shoes are for sure. My son does that too. Now that they have their own, you know, debit cards or whatever from his job and Amazon, <laughs> yeah. it's weird. It's just like things are showing up on the porch. And someone I'm told sure me years ago he clicked on Amazon. Someone told me years ago that analytics is so good. You're not even going to choose it. They're just going to send it to. They know your price point. They know what you love. And when they send it to you and say, "Hey, send it back if you don't want it." They know you'll just keep it because you won't. So they're waiting back. for things to be seventy five percent off to send them to me. Is what they're doing. They're like, well, and most of us would have to admit that we jersey, won't. and I will never send it back. Yeah. I'll just take it. It's true, and most of us won't admit that we will not remember if we ordered it or not. I'd be like, <laughs> I don't know, I probably did. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like, seems like a late night thing. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, while we're on the topic and we're saying, you know, we don't know what they're going to do about this. Governor Cox came out very strongly this week too, strongly, but yet we're not sure exactly what's going to happen. It sounds like the state maybe on its own, maybe with other states, is going to sue social media, saying they have to be held accountable. And he said something interesting, saying that it's very telling when the very people building these apps refuse to let their kids have them, which sometimes you hear, you know, from these big tech giants being like, my kids are not allowed to have well, them. And, and then China you're like, well, TikTok in their country, right? They called it a drug. I forget what kind of drug they called it. But anyhow, they said it was, you know, this, I don't know, fentanyl for American right. kids. Or this whatever. was interesting. I mean, I will say that there were some really powerful statements. It was a joint press conference um, by Governor Cox and uh, Sean Reyes, Attorney General. I, the one sort of context I want to put to it, and I, I guess as a public relations person, I'm giving it an applause line. This was an event to announce an event to announce an event. I mean, this was very Getting much ready. smart politics. Well, I mean, this was a political moment. And, and you know, Cox is tremendously good at public communications. So when asked by a reporter, okay, good, who are you going to sue? And he's like, we have no idea. We're suing them all, I think is what he said. We're going to sue everybody or we're thinking about it. So this wasn't actually an announcement of... Uh, a focused piece of response, but rather just a general um, press conference ab about what the he sees as the issue. I'll tell you too, inside baseball, it's a session, everything's going on. The, the, the government relations people of these respective companies are all getting their national guys to come and ask if they could meet with the governor yeah, and talk right. with, speak with him. That, that, those meetings will be happening after a press conference like this from the governor and the attorney general. They're going to be flying into Utah and and trying to find out what they could do to uh, to avoid litigation from the state. Instagram and Facebook Meta 
Is that what they're called? Yeah. They would like to sponsor all state parks for us now. They'll give us extra funding <laughs> for the best bathrooms. They'll even run our elections, which is really not magnanimous of them to do. They're like, but That's we're really going to nice. need you to post about it. If yeah. you're in, in the <laughs> national parks, please post that online or whatever. So I don't know where it's going to go. But it's definitely something we're talking about. We're realizing it's a problem, how we fix it. Yep. I don't know. So I, I think stay tuned it, I for think that. it goes right to, it, to this point that the governor's making. It goes to the liability of these companies. I feel I like do. I might need a law myself to keep me from on my cell phone as much as I should be because it's a problem. If we Maybe thought we about could it, just build in like some kind of negative response, like it shocks us after a certain amount of time. <laughs> or if you're on it, like <laughs> too many, like whatever, like isn't like what you're working on. Let's say you're trying to lose weight, that all of a sudden your body gains weight another pound every minute you're on it. And you're like, oh my gosh, how did I get to 1,000 pounds? I don't know what. But who knows? There's got to be some way we can de-incentivize us from using our phones. We'll have to think about that with the techs who know how to do this. Let's all go to flip phones. That's what we'll do. I kind of miss that, where you yeah. didn't have to respond to it people at every And it was second. too hard to really text that much. Oh, yeah. Greg, you, you could use an editor note I sure on your could. text. I sure could. My, my texts <laughs> are Wikipedia. You, but... No, they're Wikipedia pages. I'll come clean. But it's, here, just since we're kind of getting along right now, when Greg <laughs> sends you a 27-page text... It's also fairly grammatically correct. You use full sentences. You use commas. I do. I, I do. You know, yeah, you know when you hit, hit too you long, there's just the a little, there's little arrow at the bottom right-hand corner of your text. That means hit this button because it keeps going. It's Ooh. very... I voice text a lot, and so sometimes the words that come out, I'm like, <laughs> what was that? So that's another problem for another day. I want to talk about the future because the future is really where we're all headed. The future of Utah's GOP, an interesting poll that Mara sent us, from OH Predictive Insights, where do they run their business out of? I don't know them very well. Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> Is that why they're <laughs> OH? No, OH. I think they, they're based that. in Arizona. I they came and started uh, working in Utah a couple years ago. They do this really, I think it's cool. They go out quarterly with not necessarily a client, ask a bunch of interesting questions. They use it as a, as a leader to use their service. But uh, they do a pretty good representational sample. Um, I think this one was... L- the last couple of weeks, right? It was the last The week. holidays when people were home. So December, December 27th yeah. through January 4th. About 600 yeah. people. It's a high plus or minus. It's just over four. But it's a legit yeah. sampling. They do a great job on demographic sampling. And and so I feel good about it bona fide. The, the caveat should be it's a moment in time, right? Like yeah. this is just one of those interesting inside things. I so think. here's the question. They're asking with the division in the GOP, and yes, it does exist, Utah Republicans have mixed feelings. So they're asking... What's Trump's hold on the Utah GOP and what's Romney's hold? And the numbers were pretty interesting and they look at it in different ways. Let's go to the numbers first of all for when they're looking at all Republicans. And drum roll, please. Uh, Donald Trump gets 52% in favor, saying, yeah, he can be a part of our party. 11% are in between and 37% say no. Romney. 40% say, yes, he belongs in the party. 13% are that, I'm not sure. And 48% are no. Um, I was a little surprised by how high the Trump number was. Yeah. Greg, 52% of Utah Republicans are still saying, hey, there's a place for him. Yeah. What place it, that is? So, I don't know. look, there's states like Utah and Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin nice, Utah nice, where, where President Trump's personality has been a particular rub to the population. But at the end of the day, when you look at the policies, you look at his presidency, you look at in contrast to what we're living through now with President Biden, I think there's a lot of people that are willing to have at least his role. Because the question is, is, it wasn't if is he going to be president again. Is, does right. he have a role in the party? 
I, I think that that is a much more palatable. And let's face it, he did win in both 16 and in 20 in the state when it, there was an election. I, I do think that there is. I think the poll's accurate. I think there's a, a more acceptance. It, it's more in harmony, uh, maybe policy-wise, with what Utahns, that, especially those that identify as Republican or right of center. But when it comes to Mitt Romney, I, I think he looks closer to someone who was a governor from Massachusetts. I think his voting record and who he is looks closer to Massachusetts and its voters than it does Utah. So, so I, I actually think it, 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 it resonates right with me. Did so, they come to your door? <laughs> does yeah. it, Greg? It does. Yeah. It, must, it must be true. If I see it and I'm like, Trump poll. this is true. Yeah, I, I absolutely it. concur with all this. This is a brilliant <laughs> poll. But one of the things I liked about the phrasing, and I'm going to join our listeners in being sort of like the inside baseball, the phrasing is, is there room for someone like Romney and Romney is there room for Trump? What I like about it is it does step away from the actual person. Right. It's not a head-to-head. It's not saying, would you vote for anybody? But what it does, I think, remind us is I do think that there's a battle in the Republican Party for what would be sort of old-school mainstream Republicans by my language and yeah. more conservative. And then I think even beyond more conservative, there's now a defined far right, and they sometimes blend. And the, the, you see them line up. And when you do it by ideology, you see um, really Romney leading on the mainstream part, but Trump really coming through on the conservative and the far right. Yeah. And that seems true in Utah, but... What's interesting about this, and the, one of the reasons I was interested in it, is that because we are a known Republican state, it is interesting to me to say, well, not everyone is the same, right? Republicans mm-hmm. aren't a monolith. Where are they falling? And I do think what was telling is that the further away you get from the Trump person, mm-hmm. in some ways you do see a conservative increase. So one would have thought, I would be among those. I don't know if you know this, Greg, but I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump. <laughs> no, but I would have been I'm clutching among my pearls that. right now. I would have been one that says, well, in Utah, was it just Trump? Is it just his you know, crazy personality? This would lead you to believe that there's maybe actually a hard Republican conservative spectrum you also seeing playing out, frankly, in the bills we've seen in the last 10 days. Yeah. Those have been traditionally right, right of center issues. And I think this just reinforces that there is a battle for me. Yeah. I, the other thing is let's not overstate. It's, it's sort of five points here, 10 points there. Um, and, and so what's also interesting is I think there is a competitive race for the ideology in the but Utah I have, Republican I have a party. question. I just have a question. Okay. So if you look at whether it's the total on Republicans that were polled, 52% thought that there was room for Trump in the party, um, and then you have 37% that said no and 11% that was unsure. Um, when you go to the moderates, it right. flips to the let, – let's to just say that the – let's just Romney. put the 10% because yeah. it's 10% in all three. Let's just put them in the – Throw them Or even say they're in the no category because they weren't a yes, okay? It goes moderates – 64, you know, 40 for that the, there is room, 60 against. Uh, conservatives, 64, 40 against. I would have thought that there were more self-identified right-of-center conservative Republicans than self-identified moderate Republicans in the state of Utah. But if you look at how that – it's just a flip. It looks like it's the inverse. It looks like it looks like the 60-40 that there's room for Trump amongst conservatives and the 40-60 that Our there friends. isn't, that's yeah. how you get your – but I wouldn't have said that there's that an equal number. That, that to me says yeah. that the, those demographics are very similar in size. Uh, are they? Yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, you think I there's feel as many moderate Republicans as I conservatives. Think, I think it tips to moderates, 
and yet you see them not rejecting the um, agenda, if you will, of the of the cons- the harder conservative that is more clear to its ideology. So the question is, why are moderates responding to a more conservative agenda? So, and that's interesting, and that's a point. My more uh, where I'm shocked in that poll is that I would have thought that in the state of Utah being a very red state, you would have had your numbers of those that would consider themselves self-identified more conservative, right of center. Even if you were doing poorly with moderates or self-identified moderate or liberal Republicans, the number of those types of Republicans would be so small that even if it's a high percentage that didn't approve of them, you'd be okay because the state's mostly made up of conservatives. That poll says they're about the same. And I didn't didn't realize that. That's consistent in polling that I have seen. Much to my That's frustration, not a election. That's no. Much to my frustration, that that explains my craziness about why Trump is winning. Because when I have seen the cut of the number, yeah. moderates are prevailing, and yet they are trending in a hyper conservative voting model. Can I ask you which this? Is then? Very frustrating. Right. People are is it because the Democrats are alienating more than it is yeah, that the Republicans know, are? are I, th- I also attracting? think it is the Republican Party. I mean, what you saw. I, I think one of the reasons the Republican Party is holding on to closed caucus systems is that you did see this huge sloughing to unaffiliated and the unaffiliated were Republicans (laughs) who didn't want to vote with a party. They weren't moving to Democrats and they weren't swing voters in the same way one would normally think of an unaffiliated voter. And I think you saw this disenfranchisement uh, post tea party um, that moved people to a center. And we've long been, one of the things that I say about the political monolith that we live in is that it encourages moderation because there's no question about who's in charge. Well, I, I would just say this. The the people and where I grew up in Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania where it's a traditional Democrat town, those that I grew up with, my family members, I think they'd have a harder time with the Democrat Party and its main narratives, even nationally now, and would find themselves either independent or even maybe to this poll's point, moderate in, in philosophy, but probably with the Republicans more than Democrats, just because of the narratives that we're, that we're seeing from the Democrat side, I don't think they're aligning with that as much. And so anyway, I, that's, that's, I think we're just seeing extremes on both the left and the right. And I think there, that's why a lot of people were sort of drawn to Biden because they, he didn't seem extreme to them. He was in more centrist. I don't know that he's really been centrist because I think he's got a party that's pulling to the left. And certainly when you have the Senate and the house that were both, um, Democratic held, I think that it everything kind of pulled left. And so I don't know, maybe like Greg said, it's a reaction of pulling the opposite direction. And I think there's a lot of lesser of two evils going on being like, I don't like that, but I don't like this. Which one do I think is less bad, you know, going on? So why can't we just find people where we're not having to compare less bad? So we're just like, <laughs> this is I, awesome. would, I would like I to see this. someone I wanted Politics. to. Right? So, so I, I want to preview what I want to talk about next week. Ooh, Am yay. I allowed to do that? Yeah. So uh, this week, three or four uh, election bills dropped. And my understanding, Jordan Tusher, who is a representative who is... South has, Jordan, right? Yeah, and he's he's pretty new to the body, but he has become prolific in his election laws. Yeah. Um, but he's also about to drop a big one that I don't think I was trying to see if it had been numbered yet, but... Um, this is going to, we hear, 
word on the street is sources close to us that it's going to uh, cancel primary elections and disqualify signature candidates in the event that they get 70% at convention. For those of us who want different languages, it's an attempt to backdoor nullify SB 54 or count my vote. And as you know, we ran the initiative for count my vote. I believe in choice for people, but that will be a big one. And there's five or six other Explain ones. Explain this one more time before we move on. So if you, d- so I haven't seen the language of the 70% I'm, I'm in, aware of the concept. Yeah. in the caucus, then, it, then the, the primary just gets... Canceled. Well, yeah, so well, the legislature is trying to, you know, override yeah. the will of the people. So even if no, I went out and got that. signatures, <laughs> then that. my signatures yeah, would you, be gone? You, if yes, someone, that's If someone correct. did as well as to get, and it's a high threshold, by the way, 70% is very high. And what it what it's meant to do is is to get everybody to engage still in the But it's meant to do is process. to take away count my vote. But here's the thing. There, this, this, the Jordan T- Representative Tusher has done a very good job here. He's done the research. There isn't a single candidates since the signature uh, path has been created that if they got more than 60 percent in the in the or 60 or 70 percent they they prevailed in the ultimately in the election that it's it there's not a there's not a someone who goes and gets the signature so what greg is saying is there's absolutely no problem right now that this is fixing no i'm saying that if you didn't if you avoided that that prime or that caucus convention cycle completely and you did very very poorly there you don't usually do very well in the general election or in the primary excuse me the primary election what they're trying to say is look 70 percent is a very high high percentage threshold to get anybody if you get in there uh and you're motivated to be a part of that caucus convention cycle so you're participating in all the election cycles it makes for a better election from beginning and even into your primary if you try to just avoid one and circumvent it to get to the lighter stages it, it's uh, it's it's not as good of a process. It won't surprise anybody to uh, find that I disagree with the term "better" in that instance. But it is also, so much better. You should know that so much better. That, that better caucus con- convention is controlled love- by parties, which are organizations that file with the state. Primary elections. And general elections are um, controlled by, again, the clerk system and the elections office. So the, so the party, the Republican Party in this instance, is apparently so threatened by the competitive races they've been having. I mean, this is an enormously disruptive bill to, uh, and it's a really they, aggressive they do it, move. They, right now they do it a different way. If you get signatures <clears throat> in Davis County and, and the Republican Party and you get signatures, if you wanted to eliminate your primary opponents, and they were in the convention. You have to get seventy percent if you're a signature gathering candidate versus if you were you didn't. Right. And so you, I, I know law house members who right. who had to get they got the signatures, but they had to get seventy percent if they didn't want a primary, and they, and they achieved it. But this would um, not but, allow people. It wouldn't allow people like Steve Handy. Let's use Steve Handy and Trevor Lee. Let's say Steve did also signature gather, which he didn't. Um, but this would not have allowed Steve Handy to necessarily no, uh, well, raise if, and get in the Steve primary. Handy didn't work and or, I think or, we or both agree muscle, that, that Steve Handy would have won that primary. But Steve Handy would have got what Trevor Lee wouldn't have got seventy percent in that convention if Steve Handy works that convention. There's no way. But I we we don't know, but I think what we need to be clear on is this is the internal party telling citizens that they can't vote for who they want to. Uh, I'm just going to tell listeners this. It is a high information election cycle. And I would encourage everyone to participate in caucuses and convention cycles because that's exactly what it is. You get to ask candidates direct questions and get direct answers. If you're a candidate, and this is what I've told other candidates, I love the high information election cycle because if you get a chance to meet virtually everyone that would vote for or against you, man, that's the proof. Okay. That's that. If you can't make it there, 
unless you're a zillionaire and you want to just, you know, carpet bomb the media buys, if you can't make, if you can't get 30% plus one in a high information election cycle, then you probably shouldn't be running in the primary anyway. So I'm saying everybody participate. Don't let radicals run your convention, your caucuses or conventions, but everybody participate like we saw in the Hatch convention. Yeah, on one single Tuesday night from 7 to 9, I hope you're available. We had, in that Orrin Hatch election, there were more people that participated in that caucus convention than they had had voted in the primary, Republican primary uh, cycle prior. You are killing me with Get everybody involved. Get everybody I mean, involved. There was a high participation. Everybody. There were more, there were no consultants on the table during that election. What if during the gubernatorial race somebody had come in there and wooed everyone with their seventy percent? You would have been fine not being able to be so on the ballot. So Mike Levitt wouldn't have been our governor under this law. Gary Herbert wouldn't true. have been nobody our governor under this over law. No, nobody, I mean, nobody beat any of the names you just said by seventy percent. But 70%. I just think nobody. Every, everyone that, that except work. hyper conservative Republicans Mara, have liked the if signature you have a gathering primary, path. The chance, if you have a crowded uh, caucus convention cycle, the idea that someone would get 70% with good candidates in that race is zero. So back to my original point of watching the election laws, if you don't like that, you can also look at another bill from Jordan Tusher, who has ranked choice voting. We have a couple of bills about auditing. It's different than ranked choice, but it's, that'll be interesting. What name are we putting on it? Uh, I can't remember. I, I wrote it on a post-it note and I left it. And and then we've got two or three bills about auditing the bill. elections. But I'm just saying under the election law mm. for all of the folks. So you love the Count My Vote crew, right? That's your crew, right? Count My Vote. We ran the Count My Vote. So when, the, vote when, when, the, when the compromise for SB 54 came out, it was a stated at the press conference, because I participated in that press conference, a stated goal from both sides that we not leave plurality out there. That plurality right. was not acceptable and it wasn't the best way to come up with a nominee to have someone get 33%, 35% and be the nominee that there should be we have to work on that. It never was resolved. And it right. and that is an area of plurality whether it be a runoff election or whatever you want to do. Why do you want to solve plurality, plurality at a caucus issue? Why don't you solve it at a primary issue? Caucus well, look, is such I'm a, a weird I'm, word. I, I, it's an ugly I, word. It's like thigh listen, and moist. I, I hate shut, don't go. <laughs> really really I'm trying really to have a serious conversation I'm here. Sorry. Those are gross. You get terrible. <laughs> Stop talking I don't want to talk like that. I'm saying we got to get rid of plurality. It's the number one goal. You got to get really. Nobody wanted plurality. Both sides. This was a. This is a. This is Utah. Bipartisan we'll plural wise. Nonpartisan issue that plurality I mean, was I not s- going to work. I stopped listening at thigh, but I think oh. you. I, I I feel like you're <laughs> This is terrible. See, there's lots of you talk this about elections. Gang- now I'm being ganged up on. This is where right. I get ganged well, up. Well, the good on. news is, is the controversial nature of this legislative <laughs> session is not going to end at day ten. We have another <laughs> no, month of fun. These to elections go. are important, folks. They are. You want it, you want you want a fair you want a fair shot at stuff, I'm telling you. I well, they're dropping you. right now, so those bills are starting to drop. I like that you agreed on something. What did you agree on? It was early on. Oh yeah, what did we agree on? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> the fact that it's cold in winter outside. I'm having bi- whatever it was, I feel dirty. Buyer's about remorse. It, so. <laughs> go home and take a bath in your fresh yeah. spring water. <laughs> Terrible. Thanks for joining us. We will talk at you next week.